What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining in here on our Family Matters podcast, where we talk about family matters because family matters. And today I have the honor of introducing our guest for today. And our guest here today, he is an apostle across the world. He is a leader of leaders, a pastor of pastors. He has provided problem solving for organizations around the world. He is a mentor. He is a father figure in my life, and he is also my pastor. Today, I want to introduce Dr. Ron Hammonds. Oh, man. How are you doing today? Wow, with an introduction like that. I don't know that I've been called an apostle in public before. That's interesting. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I I don't think that you would disagree with that either. Well, you know, uh, the word apostle means somebody that is sent. Yeah. And so I guess, yeah, you know, Brenda sends me to the grocery store. I'm I'm her apostle. Yeah. But uh, I... uh, I, I do suppose that uh, the ministry of beginnings, perhaps, you know, I do start a lot of things yeah. and get other people involved. So, yeah, it's just always, you know, being raised Southern Baptist, that word was not a word that was a current, uh, mm, you know, we just didn't embrace that as a current consideration right. in the ministry. But we hear it more and more these days, you know, prophets and apostles, and I believe them in them. I just kind of... yeah. Uh, well, I you, know for sure God called me to teach, so uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that he has. And, you know, and, and you're right, it has been tossed around, but, you know, I think it really is fitting in this well, situation. You're very, so you're very kind. Thank you. Yes, sir. And, uh, so uh, family matters, huh? Yes, sir. Thank you for uh, not only uh, allowing us to do this, but thank you for joining the podcast today. So and It's my pleasure. Uh, Marcus, you've been such a, such a tremendous impact here in our church and our community. And uh, people uh, don't realize just how much you invest in the families and the lives of children. And I appreciate that. Thanks. Yes, sir. You're very welcome. And I am enjoying uh, getting to do this. And I'm excited about this podcast specifically because uh, just for all of our viewers, uh, this, you know, our podcast, our goal is to build families, is to build your family. And for us to look at the family unit from different perspectives. And today... We're going to be talking about the importance of family, and I believe that the that family is the oldest institution in the Bible. And, you know, we can look at that, and I really believe, and not only that, we know that anything that God creates, you know, it has purpose to it. Yeah. You know, uh, anytime God puts more than one person together on a project, he kind of creates a structure. That's that's evident. Yeah. And God's a very structured uh, uh, creator. But uh, he did. He instituted the family before he instituted the church. Yes, he He did. ordained the family before he ordained the church. And, uh, you know, the only thing that God uh, is going to have left at the end of everything is family. So, yes, you're right. Family is pretty important. You know, you beat me to uh, my first point. You know, oh, really. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, that is a that is a, a, a point that you have coined, you know, um, and I've seen you teach it and, you know, whenever you've uh, taught at leadership uh, uh, summits around the world and you've taught pastors and pastors of pastors, you've taught apostles, you've you've done a lot. And I've heard you talk, talk about this point. And just to unpack it fully, or, or I'm sorry, to, to, to get its full point, uh, you know, you say when, you know, when it's all said and done, all that God will have to show for all of his hard work is family. So uh, if you could unpack that just a little bit. Sure. Real quick. Uh, you know, one of the benefits of, uh, of sitting here with Pastor Marcus and 
uh, is that he's going to ask me like this and bring up things that I that I haven't uh, prepared for with the exception that all of my life I have prepared for this particular subject because I believe in family. God believes in family. Yeah. You know, uh, God is working very hard. And at the end of the day, the only thing God will have left, the only thing he will have to show mm -hmm. for all of his hard work on planet Earth is family. Right. Family is the structure into which God causes every person to be born. And when I teach uh, in seminars or in conferences, I try to encourage people to embrace a family culture more than just uh, their own identity, the identity they may have grown up with or their model or perhaps their experience, but to step into a God reality, a God opportunity, to right. step into a family culture, embrace a family culture, to realize that family is important. Family is important to God and family is important to you. You know, not, uh, not one person was ever designed by God to be born into anything but a family. Right. And the traditional family unit, uh, we call it traditional uh, because there are a lot of other models out here. Some, um, some other models uh, are because of circumstances beyond our control. There are a lot of families who don't have a father, a mother, mm -hmm. uh, children in place. You know, some um, um, husbands and wives are unable to, to, uh, to have children of their own. Mm -hmm. They may adopt or they may choose to not raise children. They may choose to, you know, foster children or whatever. So there are, there are varying family models that we do encounter. Yes. Uh, single parent families uh, due to some un unfortunate situations or due to choices. Uh, but this was not God's original intent. And when mm -hmm. we look at God's original intent... When we look at the perfect, uh, it is not something that we need to say, oh, well, gosh, I didn't get the perfect. That's not what it's there for. Mm -hmm. The traditional um, aspect, the traditional model, is something that God has placed there, hoping that each one of us would strive to produce that for our families. Mm -hmm. it, it's not, oh, well, I didn't get the benefit of that. It's right. my children are going to get the benefit of this. So at some point in life as we grow up, uh, and as, as I teach in the conferences, we have to turn the attention off of ourselves so much and more on to, to uh, what we can do for others. Uh, I experienced some things early on in my family. You know, everyone has a family model they grow up with, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's, uh, you know, um, a mixed family uh, mm -hmm. of, of, of siblings or, or you know, um, step-siblings. Right. Everyone has a family model they grew up with. Maybe in one family, um, the dad is the final say. Maybe in another one, the mother's the final say. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe in another one, the children are the final say. <laughs> right. Maybe a grandparent raised, you know, because parents aren't there for a, a myriad of reasons. And so right. grandparents or foster parents. Everyone has a model, uh, but yet there is still a biblical model. Yes. And when we uh, come to the place in our life where we begin to fashion and form our family, it's not enough just to imagine that, well, my family is just going to be like the family I was raised in, or my family is not going to be like the family I was raised in. Mm -hmm. And most people fall on both sides of that fence. I'm never going to do that to my children. Or, you know, 
I'm going to treat my family just like my dad treated us. Well, uh, that can be good or bad, but there is a higher aspiration, right. a higher model. And fortunately, the Bible is, uh, is fairly plain and fairly clear on what God expects from each one of us. He delineates each responsibility, yeah. and uh, that should be our goal, a family culture. A biblical family model. Yes. Uh, and so, at any rate, uh, I don't know if I unpacked that enough or not, but... No, you really did. And uh, I'm, you said something that we're going to get to in just a bit, but you touched a little bit uh, on your family growing up. You know, those who've known you, uh, those, who have been, those who have been around you know how much you enjoy talking about your father, Curtis, mm -hmm. and even your mother, Melba, you know, yeah. and, uh, but, you know, one of the things that I have taken away is the um, the love that you have for your parents and what they've instilled in you, specifically your father. You know, talk to us a little bit. You know, I know that the word of God has played a part in in, in how you view family, a family and how you approach it. But I would say also that your father has had a big impact in your life, uh, whether it be you being a father or family in general. Um, could you kind of talk about that a little bit? Sure. Uh, our family was, um, uh, that I was raised in was uh, the product of my mother. Uh, without her, we would not have had family because my father was an alcoholic. Early on, I realized my father was not around a lot, you know, and although he was not a mean drunk, he was a pretty consistent drunk. <laughs> and. Uh, um, he uh, was an absentee uh, uh, drinker uh, uh, quite a lot. When Friday came uh, and the week was over, uh, my dad was a, was a diesel mechanic, a truck driver early on, a diesel mm -hmm. mechanic later. And uh, uh, when Friday came and weekend was approaching, it was a 50-50 whether my dad would be home then or would be home late Sunday night trying to get ready, you know, sober up for Monday morning work, or if he might miss Monday morning work and come home sometime on Monday. So this was always, uh, you know, uh, to me, raised, being raised in a family, you don't know any different. You think everybody is, is going through what you're going through. In right. fact, most of the people that I knew, well, pretty, uh, I, I had a pretty normal childhood. So I'm so glad that, uh, that I wasn't warped with the idea that I was somehow underprivileged. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes uh, if we talk so much about what we don't have mm -hmm. or what others have, we f can feel inferior. Now, I was poor. Uh, I didn't know I was poor, but I was poor. Uh, you know, we had an outhouse. I didn't have running water in my house. Uh, I, I, I didn't imagine that to be odd. Yeah. I mean, I went to school with people who had water in their house, but, you know, uh, I drew water out of a well. I, I took a bath in a number three wash tub. <laughs> wow. You know, um, this, you know, I'm, I walked up a dirt road to school unless I could, you know, get the tractor cranked, uh, you know, as a, as a, as a kid. Uh, yeah. And, but still those elements of life, even though probably other people looked at me and, you know, felt sorry for me, I can't say that I ever felt inferior or I felt stupid, but that was, I felt everybody else was stupid too. I mean, no, nobody in my school seemed like they were learning any more than I was. I mean, that I credit to my mother. 
My mother never made us feel like we were getting less. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see her frustrations, and she had um, she had some nervous conditions, and you know had to take some medication for it, and sometimes was was in bed a lot. But again, she didn't champion that we were being wronged, you know. Uh, so my mother never charged, as it were, my father among us children. She was a good and godly, praying, loving, kind, wonderful lady. Yeah. Uh, and she never, uh, family was important. Yeah. So she taught us to love our dad, to pray for our dad, to appreciate when he was home. She dealt with only with the things that adults should deal with. Right. That children shouldn't have to deal with the fact that, you know, there's no milk, there's no bread, there's you know, mm-hmm. uh, we have one car and it won't be home all weekend and 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 the store is too far for us to go. And so you know, um, we put honey in something instead of sugar. Or yeah. I just thought this was normal. And looking back on it, I am so glad. That my mom didn't make me feel like I was getting second best. Yeah, she made me feel like I was getting the best. Yeah, and so you know, and my dad was a great dad. Gosh, you know, he was kind. He was fair. He was uh, um, he was philosophical. (laughs) (laughs) He just drank a lot, and uh, therefore was not really dependable to show up when he should show up. And then when he did show up at times, it was quite embarrassing. But uh, we were kept from what so many other people seem to expose today. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that my mother hid it. You can't hide something like that. My dad came home uh, drunk one Halloween. And uh, my dad was a good-sized guy. Uh, uh, and uh, my mom was uh, a smaller frame. And so, uh, you know, uh, uh, trick-or-treaters come down even the dirt roads up in northeast Texas. So uh, she drug him, just drug and drug and drug him over to a tree, set him up, crossed his legs and his hands, and put an old hat on him and put a bowl of candy in his lap. <laughs> I mean, come on, making the best of a bad situation. That's a good mama right there. That's a good mama. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and uh, but you're right. I learned so much from my dad. You know, and and fast forward. You know, one of the best stories that I've heard is how Curtis, not only did he get saved, but he became an elder in your church. And, you know, in the midst of the the uh, the, the childhood that you were raised with concerning your father, there were still things that he instilled in you that you speak of today that still ring in your heart. And to me, that just shows the importance that, that, that a role, the role that a father plays in a child's life and a mother as well. You know, you talked about both. And, you know, sometimes I think that as, as a father and a mother, sometimes we don't realize the impact. You know, we make mistakes. You know, parents make mistakes. But, you know, there is a ringing power that our words have in a child's life and the direction that it puts them on. And it put you on a direction where God saved you, but, you, you know, you never deviated from the things that that your that your father put in your life you know and you've you've never bad mouthed your your dad you never bowed mouth 
you know, your, 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 you know, your mother. And those are, those, are, those are things, those are principles that I feel are important for the family unit, whether it being the father and mother or it be the child. Because, and, and, and the Word of God speaks about those very things. And, you know, the model that you have set has been something that, you know, many people have followed. And I, I, I just find it amazing, you know, and, uh, and that to me has been a product of how the Word of God has guided, how you have allowed the Word of God to guide you as a father and also as a son. You know, even today you operate as a son and by the, the words that your father, that you have allowed to continue to guide you, you know. And so um, with that being said, you know, what are some things, you know, as a, as a, uh, a family unit, what are some things that, you know, as parents that we should uh, or that our viewers that, that we should be, be mindful of whenever we are guiding our you know, children, because there are things that we have to realize that whenever we speak, you know, we should be confident knowing that they're going to guide our children. You know, what are some things that we can be, um, that we can be mindful of in that sense? Well, you know, in Genesis, the 18th chapter, the Bible says that God chose Abraham because he knew him. Yeah. And because he knew that Abraham would guide his children, yes. would guide his family. He knew that Abraham would take a a positive um, uh, approach to impacting his children. Yes. Uh, that is one of the things that my dad did. Even though he had his difficulties with alcohol, uh, my dad was, uh, he, he wasn't educated. He had to uh, leave home at 10 years old during the Depression, and he got a job, and uh, there were 10 children, and he was next to the oldest, but he was the biggest and the most capable. So his mom and dad said, I'm sorry, we can't feed all the kids. You have to leave. So at 10 years old, he left, and that that, that began some of his drinking problems at mm -hmm. that age. But he, he got a job, and uh, at 13, he was driving an ice truck, yeah. uh, delivering ice, you know, those big things you see on old movies. And uh, so he had a strong work ethic, and he always, you know, uh, provided, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, what everyone else, you know, uh, he he worked hard, and he had a country philosophy. As I said, he he wasn't educated. You know, he didn't make it through the sixth grade. He wasn't, uh, um, but he was very philosophical, very wise. Yes. And he uh, had this country philosophy that uh, that uh, I just embraced early on. My dad uh, raised one good son. I have a brother. He raised one good son. My brother's uh, seven years older than I am, and. Uh, uh, he and I are going to have lunch tomorrow. Uh, awesome. But, um, you know, he, uh, he became a preacher at 15 years old. Wow. Uh, I was born, you know, thank God that they didn't label kids back then because I, <laughs> if you'd ever labeled me, I might have bought into it. But I was just rowdy. I, you know, I, uh, there's no telling. I, I could have had all kinds of numbers, uh, letters after my name if they had diagnosed me. But uh, <laughs> I did have to take a little green medicine because I was just very active. Yeah. My sisters still tell me today, Bubba, you need some green medicine. You know, he's always <laughs> busy. But, um, but my dad told me early on, he said, uh, he said uh, hey, I, I raised one good son. I'm going to raise you to be like me. <sighs> and uh, I couldn't be prouder that my dad uh, spent a lot of time with me. I would go mm -hmm. with him to work. I would, uh, I, a, lot of, uh, a, a lot of his time, even while he was 
you know, um, drinking. Uh, I, I, I would drive him around. He had, he had the good sense not to drive while he was drinking. Yeah. But he didn't have the good sense to not let a twelve-year-old drive him around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, country. It was di- it was a different day. Sure. But um, my dad uh, gave me a lot of uh, a lot of philosophical things. One of the things he did is is uh, we were disciplined as children. We were corrected. We were disciplined. It's not wrong to to uh, expect your children to obey you. Now, uh, my my dad did not discipline uh, us children ever. When he, when he was drinking, that was one of his rules. I appreciated that. One of the things I've drawn from that is I never disciplined my children. Never did discipline my children in anger. Never, ever, ever. And I've seen that. That sends the wrong message. Yeah. All it sends is the message is I'm angry instead mm-hmm. of you know you need to change your behavior. Uh, but uh, one day uh, I, I got upset at my mother. You know, my mother, uh, I was very active, and my mother was a wonderful lady. She was nervous, but she spanked me a lot every day. In fact, one of the things she apologized for on her deathbed, well, one of the last conversations was she apologized for spanking me so many times. <laughs> I spanked her. I said, well, you know, I needed it. I mean, it's, uh, without it, there's no telling where I would be. Right. But uh, my mom uh, was disciplining me one day, and I was about 13 years old, and I felt, I, I, I was 14, actually, I remember. Uh, how old I was, and I remember where I was in our in our in our kitchen, and and um, you know a fourteen year old boy, you know, feeling this, you know, I, I don't know what was going on, but I put my hand on my mama, and I I did like this. You know, wrong. Don't ever do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I wouldn't. You know, I, I, I bless my mama's heart. I loved her. But I was expressing that I didn't, you know, uh, that, right. I, that I had a different feeling about this. You know, she went on, nothing, you know. Well, you know, it was some time later, and I love this about my dad. My dad would let dust settle, because if he had a problem, he was going to have a problem with you after dust settled. <laughs> he wasn't going to discipline in anger. Yeah. Are in reaction, mm-hmm. and uh, I was innately a little more reactionary than my father was, and I've learned a lot. I've thought about that a lot. I, I, I now, you know, yes, I'll let the dust settle for yes, days and weeks yes. to make sure it's actually worth a conversation or a, a, a contention. Uh, and if I ever get on to somebody, it's because they needed and they needed a long time, <laughs> you know, because. You know that about Yes, sir, I do. That comes from my father. Well, at some time later on after it all, it, it, you know, all been forgotten about, my dad was walking through the kitchen. Uh, I don't recommend this. This was my experience. It spoke to me. Um, and uh, I, I walked into the kitchen, and he turned around just, you know, like it was just any normal day, and he grabbed me right here, and he put his arm on me here. And he pushed me up against the wall, and he held me with, with this hand. My dad was left-handed, and he drew that fist back. And I'm going, you know, you know, I, I am like, because I'm a, I, wow, I'm a relatively small guy, and boy, he had me pinned, you know, because you don't think you're a man when you're 14, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think you're tough, you know. Yeah. All of a sudden, I was facing that boy, and he was, you know, I mean, and he looked at me, and he let me settle for a moment. He said. Are you scared? I said, yeah. He said, well, that's the way you made my wife feel. 
Mm. He said, you may think that woman in there in that other room is your mama, but she's not. She's my wife. Now you make my wife afraid one more time and I'm going to take care of it. You understand? I said, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. What a lesson in life. Yes. You know, he let me down and he went on about his day. Bubble up, bubble over, bubble down again. Have you ever heard me say that? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. You know, get over it. Yeah. You know, deal with it. Deal with it directly. Mm-hmm. Be plain and then go about your business. He never wow. mentioned it again. I never mentioned it again, but let me tell you something. <laughs> My mama never felt afraid of me again. I understood. My dad created moments like that, that the instruction lasted a lifetime. Yes. And it was a principle. My dad was always principle-driven. His philosophy, he had a principle for what he wanted to do. That's why, you know, you heard me say a moment ago, uh, Genesis 18, there's, if you don't have a principle before you have a problem, the problem will become issue-oriented, and it will become emotionally charged, and you cannot win an emotional argument. And so many families settle things emotionally, yeah. and they're always issue-driven and drama. Mm-hmm. I was just raised without that. Wow. And that's how I raised my kids, no drama. Man, and, and to your point, I have seen that a reality, not just in my life, uh, but how you've really approached most situations. And it's one of my favorite things, you know, one of the main reasons why I wanted you on here, uh, Pastor Ron, is, is because, you know, I have seen you not only build a church in a family model, but I've seen you approach life, approach situations, approach issues, approach many things from a family perspective as a father. And it really has worked. And, you know, um, I've seen the legacy that your father has left in you and also not just in you, his legacy has gone on in through, into the, through the people that you have impacted around the world. And, you know, I, I believe that everyone wants to approach a situation knowing that when they walk away that it accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. And I believe that you have been able to do that with uh, using the family model and not just with our family, but with everything. And so, you know, as we are, you know, winding down our, um, our podcast for today, you know, if you could leave us with something pertaining, you know, leave us with um, something that can help us to approach not just family, our family, but even situations in life from a family model, understanding that people are brothers or sisters or knowing that we all just want the, the right thing to be done in the end. You know, I've seen you do that. What would you leave us with? Well, I think uh, if, if people would adopt a biblical family model and try to provide that, try their best. And there are some situations beyond our control. You know, there is some, you know, a divorce some, sometimes, many times beyond control, uh, right. uh, uh, difficult situations. But it's not about how much money you make, where you live, where you are on, this, on the standard of life according mm-hmm. to the world. It's what goes on inside your family. But if people would adopt a biblical family model, 
then they would find peace beginning to come into their home, peace, joy, yeah. and uh, uh, order. So many families are, are out of order, and, and there's disorder and dysfunction. Right. A family can, a dysfunctional family can become a functional family just simply by adding a few little principles. Right. Number one, I would encourage people to have some rules. You know, I, I set you and your wife down. Yeah. Uh, you have four girls now, but yeah. back when you started your family, <laughs> I gave you something that I started my family with. Yes. And that was a list of things mm -hmm. that that we wanted in our home and things we didn't want. So it takes out the issue. It takes out the drama. It takes out the reaction. Uh, these are these are reasonable things that 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 we teach our family. Uh, you must have instruction before you have correction. To correct a child, for example, for something that they have not yet been instructed, is 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 unfair. And consistency. Um, let me just go back over instruction before correction, being consistent. Mm -hmm. Uh, making sure that uh, that you have created an expectation and you're not reactionary and issue-oriented and emotional. Drama begets drama. Yeah. And I know that children in a family, each child brings a new element and a new challenge to a family. But the family approach... Someone asked me one time, how did you, how did you juggle... Uh, the priorities between church and family. I never did. Family's first. Yeah. God ordained the family before you ordained the church. Yes. The family was always first. The family always comes first. Now, what comes first from my family was the church. We created a situation where our family enjoyed what we did. It, they, you didn't have to. It was, you know, uh, it was an enjoyment. I mean, uh, and you see, uh, you know, uh, you know, behind the camera, they don't see. This is my grandson. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's right. It's instilled the same things were were carried down. Yeah. Uh, so, I would encourage you consistency, instruction before correction. Let the children and, and your spouse know what you expect. Different expectations will um, create disappointments. And make sure that you look at the biblical family model and do your best. Uh, God will help you adopt the family, uh, the family model that God says works, and it does. Children, obey your parents. Okay, uh, parents, don't frustrate your children. You know, uh, wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. Uh, you know, it's it's not difficult. It may not be what you were raised with. But it works, and it will work for everyone. Amen. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor Ron, for joining uh, the podcast today. I feel like there is so much left on the table. I guess we'll just have to have you back on later on down oh, the road. Thank so. you so much for having me, Pastor Marcus. And thank you for doing this. It makes a difference. Uh, you know, investing in, in our community and our families and our generations. Uh, that makes a difference. Thanks. Yes, sir. You're very welcome. And for those of you who are watching, thank you again for joining today. And uh, if you would like to do so, you can click subscribe so that you can get notifications whenever a new uh, episode is out. But again, thank you for joining Family Matters. Remember that your family matters. God bless you.